Hey there everyone, welcome aboard to a new episode of Between the Lines podcast. This is your host Mayuresh Bhatkar and today we will be taking a closer look at the transfer business done by teams like Liverpool and RB Leipzig. We'll also be taking a look at what's happening at FC Bayern. But today we will be starting off with the Harry Kane conundrum. Will he stay at Spurs or will he be sold to Bayern Munich? So now let's analyse what could happen with Harry Kane now. He's got one year left on his contract. Daniel Levy is supposedly the most stern person, the most stubborn person, the most difficult person to make any deals with, especially if you have someone of the stature that Harry Kane has. Again, he has got just one club who is ready to get him after paying a fee, a ridiculous amount of fee, that's 80-something million euros, plus... uh, Plus add-ons, reportedly Tottenham want around 117 million euros, which is, which adds up to around 100 million pounds. Uh, I mean, that is ridiculous amounts of money for a 30-year-old player who has got one year left on his contract. But again, he is a Premier League-proven pl- player. I mean, that's something that the English media does <laughs> very often. But anyways, he's got one year left on his deal. I mean, if Tottenham really don't want him to play for another English club, this is the best bet. I don't think that, you know, next year he... But again, if you look at it in a different way, Manchester United are going to bid or going to bid around, what, 60 to 70 million for Rasmus Hoyland. They might secure him and I think he's a very, very good player. I've said it on numerous occasions uh, at the time of last season. So, he, I mean, well, he's got the potential as well. And, I mean, Eric Ten Hag is a good coach, so he might turn him into a very... Uh, a poor man's Erling Haaland as well. I mean, I'm okay with it. But then it leaves Chelsea. It leaves Arsenal. Man City have already got... Haaland and they've got Julian Alvarez waiting in the wings just to take his place whenever he's not he's not playing well or he's not well physically. Um, then you've got Newcastle who've invested heavily for Alexander Isak last season and he is quite a player. Then are there any other teams? I mean, City, United, Chelsea, Arsenal... Um, Liverpool have Darwin Nunez, they have Cody Gakpo who can play there. I don't think Harry Kane is anyways a fit for Liverpool and I can't see him going there. It just does not fit their model. Newcastle, as I said, already have Isaac. So I don't think there will be any doors opening in the Premier League next season as well for a 31-year-old Harry Kane. As good as he is, he might be stuck with Tottenham for the entire of his career. But right now, you've got one club which is a powerhouse in European football. Not just in their league, but in European football. You're guaranteed going to play every single Champions League season until you're tied up with that club. And that is Bayern Munich. They have a certain, they have a certain system. You fit right into that system. You will be slotted in as the number nine of the club. You are a guaranteed starter for that team. The only problem for you is that you won't be chasing Alan Shearer's record of the most number of Premier League goals. But then, if you are getting shitloads of trophies, I, I I cannot think of a better place to go than Bayern Munich. I mean, 
logically speaking, this move makes sense. And, you know, I think Kane knows that. Kane has given the green light. He is ready to move to Germany, to Munich. Um, I'm not really sure about the lifestyle in Munich for his family and for his kids because I've heard that, you know, players who play for Bayern Munich generally prefer to have their families abroad. I mean, say, for example, Leroy Zane, he's got his families. He's got his family staying in London. His wife stays in London because she does not like the lifestyle in Munich. But that's a completely different matter altogether. But players at this age, especially with Harry Kane, with thirty-one years, with him being thirty-one years old or thirty years old, he needs to think about his family as well. That is going to be a factor in it as well. Uh, by the way, apologies for a background noise because it has been pouring down heavily outside of my house. It's raining very heavily here. The monsoons are here in, at my place, so apologies for that. But, yeah, continuing on Harry Kane, he suits the system of Bayern Munich anyways, and I don't know what what system uh, Thomas Tuchel might be cooking next season, but, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's decent enough. I think it's going to be 4-2-3-1 with possibly someone like a Muller or Musiala playing behind him. I mean, I can understand if uh, Muller is not getting minutes next season, but that's something we need to discuss later on. For now, I think uh, he slots right in there. And I mean, people are th- people are saying that he's kind of a 9.5 and a 10 as well. But that was in a completely different system. I, I don't think Harry Kane drops down deep as much as you think he does for Tottenham uh, when he plays for England. He, he, he plays as a proper number nine, and that's what he's got to do here. If you ask Harry Kane to actually stay in the box and just finish off all the chances that he gets, he'll be more than happy to do that. And people around the English media saying that the best English player right now, the best midfielder in England right now, is playing for a team which is not from the Premier League. The best, the captain of England might be playing for a team which is not from England as well. Well, it is kind of a massive upgrade than your captain being playing for Tottenham than he is playing for Bayern Munich right now. So I don't understand the fuss right there. But, you know, it it is a win-win situation, even for Daniel Levy to not see him play for a club which is in the Premier League. I just don't understand why it is it taking so much time. He's been valued at 100 million euros and they know right now, Tottenham, that if they if they don't, push it right now to Bayern Munich, he can easily sign for any other club. I mean, I can understand, I, I gave you all the landscape of all the big six teams right now. And maybe, you know, if Newcastle decides to play Harry Kane alongside Isak, which definitely can work, and if they qualify for the Champions League again next season, which is again a big possibility, again, this could happen. I, I don't think he will go to Chelsea because... Signing for another London club, I don't think that is that that is where I see Harry Kane in the next one or two years. But it's it's completely possible that he signs for another Premier League team. Um, it is it, 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 it as as dicey as it seems to me. It, it it is possible, and I think right now, really, Daniel Levy is playing uh, playing a very dangerous game. If he wants to, if he wants him to play abroad somewhere if not for Tottenham Bayern Munich certainly seems the very 
logical bet. I just don't think right now Real Madrid will come back next season and pay that money. I mean, it's it's not really logical for Real Madrid to go for a 31-year-old player. So I I don't think they will be in the in in the in in, in the race to sign Harry Kane, but you know, it is what it is. So right now I think Daniel Levy should certainly consider this proposal. 80 million euros. I think Bayern would probably go for around 85 to 90 again, plus add-ons. I think that would be their limit. I think Daniel Levy is really stretching them out to their threshold. And I think in some ways that might be a good business. But, you know, if you're really trying to stretch things too far with a club like Bayern, I, I think it's... Um, it's it's going to be a bit more problematic. Something problematic. I mean, talking about problematic stuff. Ulionis, who has replaced Oliver Kahn, um, by the way, in the circus that is Bayern Munich, he's come out and laid everything out for him, uh, everything out for uh, everyone to speak about. And I'm not so sure Daniel Levy would like it. And because this this is just you know ridiculous stuff. This is a game of chess right now, and I can understand where Uliunas is coming from but in many ways this is not right um he came out and publicly stated uh, stated that uh, Harry Kane we've spoken with Harry Kane he wants to come here the thing is that we haven't been able to strike a number with uh, with, with Daniel Levy and Tottenham because he's a very stubborn person Harry Kane wants to come here we are working on a number 9 i mean i'm just trying to paraphrase it um, we're working on number nine. Harry Kane has given our, his word to us that he wants to play for Bayern Munich. So this is laying it out. This is really laying it out. And this is, again, something which is very important that Uli Unis does for his own fan base. Because Bayern Munich and their own fans were fed up with what's, what was happening last season with uh, Hassan Salihamidzic and uh, Oliver Kahn and all these silly things that happened post uh, at the end of February and the start of March, uh, before the Champions League game against against Man City, um, with with the sacking of Julian Nagelsmann and all the, all these other things, and Herbert Heiner coming and saying all the stupid statements. I mean, I don't know why he came out and spoke in the first place because it was not required. Um, but all those other things came into consideration, and everything just it, it was just stupidity all over the place. I mean, FC Hollywood, uh, that is what they call it. So <laughs> this thing. When they're coming out and saying that we need a number nine and we're working on it, it really sends out a statement towards the Bayern fans that they are really looking forward to something which, you know, they're really looking at it. They're really putting some of their efforts, they're putting some money onto it. But I, I just don't know what, what's going to happen now because Dan and Levy would not like it. And I just think and I believe that this is going to be something which will be discussed whenever Bayern have their talks again with Daniel Levy. Um, I, I mean, obviously, Uli Unis is someone who's widely respected in the uh, world of football. He's, you know, he's remarkably uh, led Bayern off the field um, with, re with regards to their advertising and everything, the way Bayern have been presented in the world of football. It's been remarkable how he's done it uh, for the past 20 years or something. But this is really laying out the carpet right there for Harry Kane to come here. I mean, we've got you a starting spot. We've got you a number nine jersey ready for you. 
But the thing is, you need to sort things out with Daniel Levy, and he's reportedly uh, put in another transfer request. He did that two years ago when uh, uh, there was a move inching close to Manchester City from uh, from Tottenham. I mean, that would have been ideal, but it did not happen. Now the position is very clear with, uh, uh, with, with Tottenham that he wants to... Um, he wants to leave right now. He certainly has one year left on his contract, and I think it it works for every it works for everyone. Um, one year's time, you'd never know. You he might pick. I mean, God forbid, he picks up an injury and something bad happens to him. It, I mean, it, it is possible, isn't it? So I, I I don't know what to think about it. But really, her, Uli Hoeneß by playing this game of chess has actually opened up the field for Daniel Levy to say, I mean, not for Daniel Levy, but for Harry Kane. Um, and he's actually did some good things also with uh, with his fans as well, just to please them, just to be sure that they know that they have, uh, they have the idea that they are going for a number nine, they're going for a big name player again. Uh, as far as Bayern Munich are concerned, they have made one signing official, and I'm um, not just one, but they've made a couple of, of many signings official by, by now, and that is Kim Min Jae from Napoli. They have also signed Konrad Leimer, which was which was confirmed a lot of uh, a, a big time ago, and then you've also have Rafael Guerreiro switching Dortmund for Bayern, the nth player to do that. I mean, uh, what to say about it? But yeah, I mean. He Rafael Guerrero for starting with him. He's 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 been one of the most consistent players for Dortmund uh, over the last five or six years. The the time he's been here at the club, he's been one of the most consistent players for the Portuguese national team as well. Um, he's uh, he he knows the league inside out. He's got Champions League experience, international player as well. I believe he's going to be the deputy for Alfonso Davies whenever he's fallen down. Um, whenever he's injured, I think Rafael Guerrero might do a very, very good job, a very steady job at left back. Um, I believe his uh, his traits will be very much useful in the midfield as well because there is a rumor that right now Kimmich and Goretzka are not untouchable assets um, within the Bayern within the Bayern team. I will get to, we'll get to that, but. Apart from Kimmich and Goretzka, they've got Gravenberg, they've got Lima. So they've got four midfielders right now. You might add in a Leon Goretzka there. I'm, I'm not Goretzka, but a Musiala there. You can play as an eight. And then you've got Rafa Guerrero. So that's six midfielders that you've got. So, I mean, obviously Zabitzer as well. But I think they will be looking to offload Marcel Zabitzer as soon as possible. Um, so that gives you eight midfielders to play with. I don't know how they're gonna how they're going to map it out for... For everyone, but I think it is what it is right now, and they desperately needed someone like a Declan Rice. They wanted to get him. He rejected Bayern Munich with all due respect, and he's chosen Arsenal. I don't know what the reason is to chose Bayern Munich over Arsenal. I think it's just the it's just the lifestyle in the London that he he loves so much that he wants to play at Arsenal. But they need a number six. They need a number six, and they need it right now. They need a proper number six, and I think Rafael Guerrero can do a job for them. Um, uh, we don't know what the situation is going to be with uh, Kimmich and Goretzka. As I said, we'll talk about it later. But another midfield signing that they've done is Konrad Leimer, who's joined them from RB Leipzig. 
Um, and yeah, well, Leipzig, we'll talk about Leipzig as well, but uh, he's one of the most important player that, players that Leipzig had last season or the last two seasons. He's a very consistent performer in the midfield. He's not a number six, he's a number eight. He's a box-to-box player, he's a very, very good player. A proper Red Bull Academy type player. He's got all the attributes that you need in a in a, for for a Bayern player to go. Uh, he's a good. He, he presses off the ball really well. Good work rate off the ball as well. So I mean, he gets a few goals for himself as well. He's very good on the break as well. So he'll combine with the attack whenever needed. So that's it from Conrad Leimer. He's a very simple player to analyze. He's he's a he's a very valuable player for. He was a very valuable player rather for RB Leipzig. He will be a very good player for Bayern as well. So we'll see what happens. Another uh, the last thing that we're going to talk about is Kim Min Jae from uh, Napoli, and this is a really really good deal. I think for they've, they've triggered their release clause. Uh, Kim Min Jae was a success. After signing from Fernabacho to Napoli, he was a success at Napoli, uh, winning the league with, uh, well, with with the Italian club, doing very well as well with uh, in in the Champions League with Napoli. So that would help. It's a he's a kind of a, a replacement for uh, he's, he's a replacement for Lucas Hernandez, who's moved away to Paris Saint Germain. Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 a very good deal. They've, they've added depth to this squad. Uh, Matthias Ligt obviously did so very well with, with them last last season. I always thought that he was, uh, he was going to be a good player when, he, when I first saw him play for Ajax and he's trying to get to that level at which I expected him to get because Juventus was kind of a car crash for him. Um, they've got Upamecano, they've got Kim Min Jae now. They've, they've got a decent amount of depth in the centre-back center back areas. And obviously Benjamin Pavard can play there, play there as well. Um, they might need another one, maybe a, maybe Stanisic can play there as well. Who knows? But you know they've got very, very good, solid centre back options right now with the addition of Kim Min Jae, another very, very good player on the ball as well. Uh, obviously he played for Spalletti, so he is going to be very good on the ball. So I think yeah, I mean it's it's a good deal. It's a good signing for Bayern Munich, um, getting Kim Min Jae for a price that they have. Uh, it's 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 going to make them stronger, presumably in that in that area. So there is a news coming out from Bayern Munich that uh, right now guys like Goretzka and Kimmich are not really untouchables in the transfer market in the transfer policies. Obviously, Kimmich and Goretzka they've signed. They've, it's it's not been long that they've signed a uh, contract extension so they're going to be uh, they, there is going to be some really hard money to be paid to get them out of um to get them out of uh, Bayern Munich one team which is very much linked to Bayern Munich uh, for a transfer of Leon Goretzka is Manchester United and I can think that this might be a very very good move for him you know going to a club where Eric Ten Hag is a manager. I mean, he really fits the bill, kind of a Gravenberg type of a player. When he was, I mean, he could be the Gravenberg to Eric Ten Hag when he was at Ajax. I mean, it, you could see the you know correlation that I'm trying to do. I'm associating him with Gravenberg and when he was at Ajax. So I mean, that's something that he can do. You know, he's a very very decent player. Can play as an eight. Can also mix as a six. Can you know get those late runs in the box. He's a physical player, 
could really be a good fit for in the Premier League. As far as Kimmich, I mean, he looks tailor-made for a Pep team, doesn't he? I mean, Pep Guardiola loves him as well. We've we've seen that many a time. So um, there is there there is scope for him to move to Man City, but just you know, it is really surprising that you know Bayern Munich have considered Joshua Kimmich untouchable right now because he is their third captain behind uh, Neuer and Muller. So it's 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 really. It really is a bit, you know, dicey. It's a bit strange that they've considered this. Um, but anyways, if he's looking to move abroad, I think he looks tailor-made for a team of Pep Guardiola. I don't see him moving to Barcelona because that's just a waste. I mean, if you want to move somewhere, you move to uh, you move to Man City, not to uh, not not to Barcelona at this point in time. Um, but yeah, you know, it's um, the options are open. I I don't think Kimmich will move, but there's a Good possibility that we could see Goretzka move on from Bayern Munich. And I think it's good for Bayern Munich because the fans were not really happy with Goretzka last season. They were just, you know, and his performances as well. They were just too poor. Bayern in general were too poor. So we'll see what happens. As far as Sadio Mane goes, and the doors are wide open for him to move out of Bayern Munich. But he has decided to stay put. Al Nasser, Ronaldo's club, who've already signed Marcelo Brozovic. They've reached an agreement in principle with Hakim Ziyech as well. So they've signed some good players. Um, and they also are interested. They have also have David Espina, by the way, there. So they're also interested in Sadio Mane. They're trying to offer him some money. Is he going to be a <laughs> is he going to be a player for the Saudi league next season? I don't know because he wants to stay at Bayern Munich. I, I think, you know, Thomas Tuchel reportedly, when he was at Chelsea, was a very big fan of Sadio Mane. I don't know what's happened between Mane and Tuchel. And even with Tuchel and Kimmich, I think there was a rift between players and Tuchel. These players used to really love Julian Nagelsmann. But now, all of a sudden, when Tuchel's come in, there is some rift. I don't know what sort of uh, therapy he had in Kerala here in India. But that certainly, it has not worked well. He's having rifts. He's having... To deal with a lot of issues in that in that dressing room at Bayern, so you know this is this is really turning out to be a tense situation right now at Bayern Munich. So we we'll just see what happens next. Um, but yeah, you know it's 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 a very odd one this for for me to understand. But yeah, moving on from Bayern Munich to another club in the Bundesliga, we'll be talking about RB Leipzig and some of the signings that they've done. The four big players that they had last season, the four important players at Bayern, at RB Leipzig. Last season under Mar- under Marco Rosa, the Dominic Soboslai, Christopher Nkunku, Konrad Leimer, and Josko Guardiol. So all four of them are seemingly on their way out. I mean, Christopher Nkunku is reportedly agreed. I mean, he's going to play for Chelsea. That's confirmed and that's official. Uh, Dominic Soboslai is officially a Liverpool player now. Uh, then you've got Konrad Leimer, who's again officially a Bayern Munich player now. And then you've got Josko Guardiol, who is on his way out, but seemingly cannot find a way out of uh, RB Leipzig. RB Leipzig need a fee of around 100 million euros to sell Josko Guardiol because they want him to be the most expensive defender of all time. I think you know Josko Guardiol, if he moves to uh, uh, if he move, if he moves to Man City, makes them stronger, upgrades that position of that left centre back role. Where now you could see, you know, Akanji, Diaz, and Guardiola playing in that back three. 
Well, that that's some seriously good back three, uh, a back line for Man City. But yeah, you know, tactically and everything, he fits the bill for Man City. Now, Man City, I don't think they need, they want to play that, they want to pay that much of money. The deal is in place. Guardiola wants to move to Man City. He wants to play in the Premier League. He's got two different Pokal Cups here in Germany already. So, apart from winning the Bundesliga, he's he's done everything that there is to do in uh, there is to do in the Bundesliga. Um, now you would think that Man City are not really willing to pay that much of money. He's done the first part of the medical. I don't know what the second part of the medical is not right for, is not is not done for. It's 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 a very difficult situation to really analyze. I I think this deal will go through, but the thing is that if the money is not paid, he will not be a Man City player. That is what it is. He's under contract with RB Leipzig. They've given him a platform to build upon. He was ready to move to Chelsea. I mean, God knows how car crashing that would have been. That experience would have been. But anyways, um, he's definitely a Pep Guardiola type of player and he's and by the way Pep Guardiola is steaming in with all those Croatian players that he can to win another Champions League for him but anyways right now I think um, this Guardiola situation that needs to be resolved really quickly because he is off to pre-season with RB Leipzig as as of now so RB Leipzig by the way have done some really good business to actually ensure that all these departures have been covered up for next season because they're in the Champions League as well. They need to get into the knockout stage of the Champions League. They need to be in the top four there and thereabouts about Bayern Munich to challenge for the Bundesliga. So they've signed a fair few amount of players and they've got some good players already in the squad. You look at uh, Danny Olmo. They have kept hold of Xavi Schlager, who's a very, very good player. Um, Andre Silva is in the squad as well so far. I mean, Yusuf uh, Palsen and uh, Emil Forsberg are also in the squad so far, so I'm not really a big fan of those two guys. But anyways, they've signed some very good players. Loyal Pender from uh, Lens has been... He, he was an amazing player for them last season. Lens probably were the best team in the league on. And Loyal Pender, who played for them uh, in, in in the front line, was, was a fantastic player. He, he was really, really good. And now he's signing for... For RB Leipzig, you've got another player in Javi Simmons coming from Paris Saint-Germain, and he's not the only one who's coming from Paris Saint-Germain. PSG triggered the really the buyback option from uh, PSV Eindhoven, and they've sent him on loan for another season here at uh, RB Leipzig. And I think that is only going to improve uh, uh, Javi Simmons. He was very good when I saw him play for Netherlands against uh, against Croatia in that Nations League semi-finals. So I think he's going to be good here. Uh, the other player that uh, is reportedly coming to uh, RB Leipzig is uh, El Shadio Bacciabu. Bacciabu or Bicciabu, I don't know what his current name is. But he played uh, the game against Bayern Munich, was really schooled, but uh, he's very young and there is potential there. So, you know, it, it is another very, very good transfer from, uh, from RB Leipzig. And another player that is going to be here is on loan from Liverpool, and that is Fabio Carvalho. And th again, this is a very, very good step for Fabio Carvalho to play in a team which is going to play in the Champions League. You will get minutes here. You have a coach who, in many ways, is going to make good use of you. And he's 
is a proper replacement for Conrad Leimer, isn't it? So um, it, it'll be fascinating to see how things develop from now on from here in Leipzig. I think they will make some very good signings again, some cheap signings here and there. And then, then again, we'll see how this new crop of players uh, will develop into. I mean, the old crop of players, which which was so, so good when they made it to the semi-finals of the Champions League with Timo Werner uh, there as well. And all those players who played so well. And then the second blood of players came in with Soposlai and Kunku, Guardiola and all those guys. Um, the first set of players had Sabitzer in there. They had uh, all these players. I mean, I, I don't even remember their name right now. You know, Upamecano was there. Timo Werner was there. So all these players played so very well. Now they've got some of that old guard still there with the likes of Andre Silva, Danny Olmo. They've got Willi Orban still there. Peter Gulacci is still there. Um, all these players are still there. So they're trying to blood in all these other guys with the old guys and they will have a good season again. I'm very, very positive about it. So let's talk a bit about Liverpool now. And they have made two signings to very, very good promising uh, midfielders that have been added to Liverpool's squad. By the way, Liverpool did not have a good season last time around. They were knocked out of the Champions League in the round of 16, in the round of 16 by Real Madrid in a very embarrassing manner, especially that game at Anfield when they were leading 2-0. They lost the game by five goals to two. That is a massive, massive disappointment if you are a Liverpool supporter. They finished in Europa League's play in, in the in, in Europa League places. Uh, they were not in the top four, so they're not going to be in the Champions League this season. That is a big financial blow to them. Plus, uh, they have let go of some of their players uh, who were playing a bit part role in that team. So, the year before uh, the last season, they lost Sadio Mane. This season, they are losing Naby Keita, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, two players who really didn't have much to write home about in this stint at Liverpool. They lost a legend in the Premier League like James Milner. They're looking uh, like they will be losing two players uh, more in the midfield and they go by the name of Fabinho and Jordan Henderson. Now, these two players, Fabinho and Jordan Henderson, they, they are very successful if you look at the if you look at their career, if you look at the career that they had at Liverpool, especially Fabinho with the shorter time span that he's, that he's uh, spent at Liverpool as compared to Jordan Henderson, he's won everything there is to win at Liverpool. Played two Champions League finals. Jordan Henderson played three Champions League finals, won one. Uh, Fabinho is a Premier League winner. He's a Champions League winner. He's a winner of the Carabao Cup. He's won the FA Cup. Um, the club World Cup and whatnot. He's won everything there is to win at Liverpool, and so has Jordan Henderson. But now both these uh, guys have agreed deals, and they will probably be moving on to uh, Saudi Arabia. And I would like to touch upon Saudi Arabia as well. There are there are people around in the British media, and you know whom I'm talking about. I mean, I'm not even afraid to take your names: Jamie Carragher and uh, Jamie Carragher and. Gary Neville, those two idiots. I mean, they're, they're very, very good players. They were very good players at their time when they were playing for Liverpool and Manchester United, respectively. But the things that they say in the media just to get just to get relevance is just stupid. I mean, I, I don't watch their shows on Sky Sports on anything, but you know, it pops out on Twitter and everything, uh, or every now and then. I don't know why, but 
it does and some of the things that they say is really stupid i mean they are not happy with the way things are going right now with saudi arabia i'm i'm going a bit off topic and not a bit but a lot of topic right now from the liverpool situation but yeah i think i need to address this they then they're not happy that players are actually going to saudi arabia to collect ridiculous sums of money they are not happy because players from the premier league are actually choosing to play in saudi arabia for that bit of money they think that saudi arabia is cheating they think they think they're tarnishing football i mean how does it really tarnish football i, I think the money that the different teams in saudi arabia obviously they're owned by a single owner but all these all, all the money that 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 saudi arabia is spending on players in the premier league and not just in the premier league but all around the world these players will go there and in turn make the saudi league very very competitive players like kulibali will make it competitive players like kante will make it competitive a guy like karim benzema who scored around 30 goals for real madrid last season will make Saudi Arabia comp- competitive someone like Ruben Neves will make it competitive you know there are players which will make the Saudi Arabian league competitive it's not like the MLS where you know players are going like Busquets like Jordi Alba are going there for vacation or for retirement mode they're here to play this the Saudi league is growing substantially and these guys are not happy about it they're going there for money and now they're taking players from the Premier League I don't think there is anything wrong in it if someone is going there for money because he wants to secure he wants to secure his family from all the financial things that might occur or the financial necessities that might occur in the future. And I've got no doubts about that that uh they're going to ensure that Saudi Arabia is going to pay them high sums of money. But then again, why is Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher these two guys especially very much spooked about it very much salty about these situations they're salty because it's happening to the premier league it's like you know it it is the proper british agenda it is the it is it is the way these people these people from uh, the united kingdom especially think they think that you know when something strikes them it has to be labeled as an international as a worldwide crisis that that's how they think they won't think uh what they do to the people is always right they they think they're always right they think that the 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 situation that happens in every walks of life if it happens to them it should be labeled as something which is a worldwide problem it is not it is a problem for you people now you have to deal with it have you ever asked a fan who is a, a person who is a fan of ajax Have you ever asked a person who's a fan of Benfica? I'm I'm a big fan of Benfica. I'm, I I like uh the football that Benfica plays. I like teams like Porto as well. Have you ever asked these guys what they feel about when, you know, a club like Chelsea comes down and spends around 120 million euros and gets one of the best players in the midfield like Enzo Fernandez and completely washes out his talent? and you know he's kind of playing rubbish right now at chelsea or his career has gone to a rubbish trajectory i mean he signed an 80 deal at chelsea but that is not for me to um uh really me to analyze it but anyways how, do you have any any sort of idea how that guy would feel that he saw a very very good team at benfica 
and English clubs are coming out and dismantling it. Have you ever asked a fan who was, who was supporting Ajax in 2019 how he would have felt when players are moving away to different leagues? Donny van der Beek is moving to Barcelona. You see guys like Matthijs de Ligt move to Juventus. You see Hakim Ziyech move to Chelsea. Donny van der Beek moving on to Manchester United. David Neres stayed there, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, apart from here, who else moved? I mean, Masrabi moved to um, moved, moved to Bayern last season. So you also saw um, Nicolas Tagliafico move on to Olympique Lyonnais. So all, all these guys moved on. Have you ever asked these guys how they feel? You didn't because you know what? You all pay that much of money and get them, and then you, and, and then you allow them to play in your league. But now that the Saudi league is doing that, it's, it's a problem. Why is that a problem? They want to make the league competitive. So it's just all hypocrites sitting around in that English media and they're just wanting to know what's happened. It's, it's, it's the same with the Johnny Bairstow uh, conspiracy theory. You know, when Johnny Bairstow does it to David Warner, it is because he's taking an advantage. And when Johnny Bairstow is being dozy, it, it's, it's okay. It, it's, it's kind of a cheating thing from Alex Carey to stump him out. I mean, if Alex Carey would have been standing by the stumps, it would have been a clear case of stomping. Just because he's standing, uh, what, a, a bit away from the stumps, it is considered as outside the spirit of the game or something. I don't know, but people like Nasser Hussain and uh, Mike Latherton and all these other guys who, who know a bit about cricket are saying that that was probably legitimate. He, he deserved to be out because he was dozy. That's the price you play. Uh, that that's the price you pay for not being attentive. But yeah, I mean that would have got some belly under the fire of the English players, and they're playing very well right now on the full test in the Ashes. But anyways, I'm not here to talk about cricket. This is a different story altogether, and I'm happy for the Saudi league. I think they have the money; they're making use of that money, so there's nothing wrong in it. So now we come back to Liverpool. Fabinho and Jordan Henderson have been offered some ridiculous amounts of money. Uh, he's, I mean, £700,000 a week, something. Jordan Henderson's been offered by Ella Tifak, who, ha- who also have Steven Gerrard as their manager. Um, Fabinho will be going to Al-Itihad, who have Benzema and Kante. I, I don't know. I mean, they, they all sound the same. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same. He's moving to Saudi as well. So now that leaves Liverpool with midfield options like Thiago, Stefan Berjetic, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, Alexis McAllister and Dominic Sabosla. I'm going to talk about McAllister and Sabosla in a bit, but that is your six options in the midfield. And I don't see a number six. I, 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 don't, I, I think you need two number six. I mean, Berjetic can play there. Surely McAllister can play there. You can fill up a few holes in there for a few games, but he's not a number six. He's not a natural number six. He's a number eight, isn't he? So there is a need for Liverpool to go inside a number six now, and they have some players who they're interested in. They're interested in Cechi Decore from Crystal Palace. They're interested in João Palinha from Fulham, which I think is an ideal replacement for Fabinho, or I might also add to it that he is an upgrade over Fabinho. Uh, they are also interested in Romeo Lavia, but they're not interested in paying the price that a Southampton, a relegation, a relegated side from the Premier League is asking them to pay. Also, given the fact that he's also ha- only had what well, twenty games senior appearances for Southampton in the Premier League, I mean, asking fifty million for that is just 
a bit ridiculous, isn't it? Um, they're also looking at Calvin Phillips, who I think could be a very, very smart buy if they can get him over the line. They're also looking at Levi Colwell. It's not a midfield signing, but they are looking him to get into the squad so that they can bolster uh, their defensive options as well. So uh, right now, they're, I, I think they should be all in for uh, Juan Palinia. There are reports that Fulham are asking ridiculous sums of money. I mean, Juan Palinia last year at Fulham was just amazing to watch. Um, not amazing to watch, but, you know, he had some amazing stats. I mean, the stats say for himself, he's probably the best defensive midfielder in there in the in the Premier League I think uh, last season I think you could have him in that bracket of Casemiro and uh, uh, and also Rodri he had a very very good season even Partey had a good season so um yeah I mean you could ha- add him into that sort of a list and he's a very very good player I mean if people would know how he played in sporting it was so very effective in that Ruben Amorim system when they won the uh, Liga, Liga Portugal so I think I think it makes sense for Liverpool to move for him I just have one doubt in my mind that does the age factor now come into play because Liverpool generally sign players who are 23, 24 and you know who are just about to enter their prime who are not really mature but they know what to expect about Liverpool that's how the that's that's the that's the sign of a Liverpool player when it comes to Liverpool they don't sign him at in their prime right now i think João Palinha is in his prime he's 27 years of age he will be turning 28 soon so uh, will that be a what will that be a factor when this comes to light i i i'm i'm not so sure about it I think Romeo Lavia is someone who Klopp really would like. I think he would. He all. I think Klopp also liked Moses Caicedo. I, th- I don't think there is any, um, there is any denying that. I think just Brighton are asking ridiculous sums of money for him. They think he's worth hundred million euros, and he's gone out for preseason trading now with Brighton. He's flew off with them, so it's for Chelsea. It is. Pay hundred million and get Caicedo, or you won't have him. It's as simple as that. But I, th- I think again with with uh, with Moses Caicedo, with, with with Klopp and with Liverpool as well. I think think they they have to get in a defensive midfielder. I think they need to get two midfielders in to replace Jordan Henderson and uh, uh, and, and Fabinho. And also, you know, they have lost now the leadership in that uh, in that midfield zone now. I think Jean Palina, when you look at him, the characteristics that he's had, he is a leader. He's much more vocal than Fabinho is or was. They have lost leaders now, Liverpool, like James Milner and for, and Jordan Henderson in that midfield. So they would need to uh, exercise themselves in that position as well. Um, I would think that they, if, if they sign... I think Cheki Ducore from... Uh, Crystal Palace can also be a good acquisition. I'm not so sure about the sum of money that Crystal Palace are asking. I think it's, it's again, 40 to 50 million euros, which I think is a bit absurd for him. I don't think Liverpool will pay that for him. I think a Calvin Phillips makes sense if they try to lure him out of Man City, giving him the sort of an indication that, you know, you're not going to get game time at City because you've got a guy like Rodri in front of you. We might give you a game time with, a different role there for you. I mean, you can play a bit further forward. You can have you you have the knack of getting into the box as well, as we've seen in Leeds. I mean, 
you could play there as well. So I think if they get Calvin Phillips, that that really solves their problem. I think if I, I think it's a very it's 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 a very far fetched dream now to get Calvin Phillips, and I think Cheke Dukure is probably going to be kind of a backup as well. Um, again, it's 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 a very dicey one. It's it really is one, and I think. Uh, Liverpool in this situation are in a bit of a fix now. What to do and what not to do. Um, I think they will sign a midfielder. I think they need to sign two. I don't know what's going to happen with Levi Colwell as of now because, uh, well, I mean, it's anybody's guess. He's 20 years of age. He's said that he wants to have proper game time. Now with uh, someone like a uh, Wesley Fofana injured, he might have that game time. But then he's got... Guys like Badia Shield and Thiago Silva in front of him. You, I, I, I don't think anyone can really figure out how much game time he's going to get next season, especially if uh, Chelsea decide to not go in with a uh, back three or a back or a back five. So, I mean, there, there's a lot to think. There's a lot to think. There's a lot to discuss with Levi Colville as well. I don't know if he fancies. Liverpool as his preferred destination because I think you know that Liverpool until Klopp is there you might think there is a chance that they could really be pushing out for titles next season but then again Chelsea you don't have much you, you can't guarantee much success there right now with the with the things that are happening or rather have happened so uh, yeah that's it uh, with regards to the players that they're targeting now we move on to the players that they have signed or they have acquired. They've had two signings this season. First one is the World Cup winner from Argentina and it is Alexis McAllister. I mean, he's got Scottish roots as well, but well, he's Argentinian. He's an Argentinian international, a World Cup winner, as I said. A very, very good player. I think he's very timid, very shy, but he's a very, very good player, a proper club type of player. He gets him in. I think he slots right into that starting eleven. I think he can play. He's kind of a versatile player. I think he can play ten. He can play an eight. He can also play as a ten, just like Genie Van Alden used to do in his Liverpool days. But I think he will more likely be an eight. Uh, more likely be an eight this uh, this season under Jurgen Klopp. The other one is someone whom I have dearly loved in his time at RB Leipzig. Someone who I wanted to play, wanted him to play at Real Madrid as well, and his name is Dominic Sabosli. Now he's someone who I, I re, I'm, again I'm going to say it out loud. I wanted him to play for Real Madrid this season. I mean he he's so good, he, the football IQ and everything. I mean, I mean I, I I like Jude Bellingham, but I would have had him over Jude Bellingham. I mean seriously, he, he's that good a player. The football IQ and everything, he's so, so good. I mean, I've heard stories about him and his father, who was, who, his, his father founded a club which was Dominic Soboslav's first club in his professional career. He, the, the weird training drills that they did, you know, they had same jerseys for, they used to play a game and they had the same jerseys for all the 22 players who were in that, on that pitch. The only way you would recognize a teammate is by the hair but the headbands, which were different in colors. And for that to for for you to know that you had to always look up and then pass. So that that there's something very weird training drills that they have done, and you know 
A player like him, he's, he's such a good player, so intelligent. They've got him for 70 million euros. They've triggered the release clause just hours before it was going to expire. So, you know, brilliant move, by the way. It really is a massive move for, for Liverpool Football Club. And I think, again, he is someone who will again slot into that starting eleven. So right now, they, as I said, he moves into the starting eleven. So does McAllister. I believe Thiago will also be... I think Soboslai will be well suited to play in that Cody Gakpo role. I just think Cody Gakpo is a bit lost when he plays in that number nine, in that Firmino role. I think Soboslai would be an ideal replacement for Fabinho. Or, I'm sorry, for Firmino when he plays in that false nine role. So that means that he can have another body. I mean, a midfield of McAllister, Juan Palina and Thiago slash Calvin Phillips. That looks a very Klopp-like midfield, a regeneration of the Fabinho, Henderson and Wijnaldum midfield. I mean, that is very much a sort of a rebirth of, of, of sorts. And, and then again, you've got, I mean, Luis Diaz, Salah, Saboslai, Gakpo, Nunez, Jota as well in that starting lineup. So I think that's that's good enough. I think they can do well with these sort of lineups. I mean... Yeah, they've lost key players this season as well. They've lost Firmino, Fabinho, Henderson, Milner. I think those four are probably your key players for different reasons, obviously. But you're losing them. I think if they get two midfielders, I think this this could be a very, very good season uh, in terms of acquisition from, uh, uh, for, from, uh, from the transfer market. I think Liverpool, they have to be sure that they are challenging for the league title. I think if you wear the Liverpool shirt, you are expected to challenge for the league title. I think they will do that. With Klopp in there, I could expect a sudden change in uh, Liverpool next season. I mean, I think they will be changed. They will be changed for good and they will, back, they will be back in the Champions League next season. So we'll see what happens. I think it's it's a very open race right now with regards to what they can do in the transfer market. They have got um, some very, very good uh, scouting systems. Now that Schmatke is in place, he's, he's again a very, very uh, clever guy and I think he's doing his job really nicely right now. We'll see what happens with Liverpool as well. I think there is a fascinating season written in for Liverpool and we're there and we're going to be there to watch it. So that's it for today's podcast. Be sure to check into my Twitter accounts. It's weeklypod underscore OTT. W-E-E-K-L-Y-P-O-D underscore O-T-T. I tweet a lot about the transfer happenings right now in this window and at this point in time. So be sure to check into that. Uh, I'll also be uh, uh, doing a next podcast. I'll be doing a, a podcast on Milan next time around. Try to cover a bit of Italian teams. Maybe also talk a bit about Manchester United. Who knows what will happen in the next podcast. I also need to take a look at Barcelona as well. We'll be taking a look at everything and everything step by step. We'll move forward. But until then, this was a host of my Yuresh Matka. Thank you very much.